what do I have to do to keep my team on the field and in the game to just stay in it for longer? Because I really mm -hmm. believe that we are set up with our products and processes and all those kinds of things to win in the long run. I just need to stay in the game. Welcome to the Winning E-Commerce Experience Show, where it's all about creating a brand that your customers love so they keep coming back. This show is brought to you by DataQ. Your store experience begins with your homepage. DataQ improves your conversion rate up to 30% by showing each visitor a personalized homepage based on their interest. And now your host, Sharam Anver. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Winning Customer Experience Show. Today we have a special guest. He's the CEO of 4x400. He, he actually wears two hats. So he's an e-commerce holding company that acquires and grows e-commerce. And he also runs his own brand. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Ferris. Hey, Sharam. Thanks, man. Hey, so it's good to have you, man. We had a really good sort of introductory talk just now. And uh, it seems like things are going pretty crazy. Um, what's it like uh, over there, you know, with, with your company? And how are you thinking about navigating sort of this new pandemic crisis? It is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. So a little bit about 4x400 that might help kind of bring some clarity. So, and just even to clarify it. So I don't run my own brand separate from 4x400. We have, we own and operate three brands um, and, uh, and are constantly looking to acquire and grow uh, more brands from there. So just for context, our brands are all e-commerce direct consumer brands. They're all in a, in the range of, two or three million dollars in revenue this this year this year there'll be all three to five i think probably um so just to give you a sense of the size of things uh that we're dealing with so uh slick products makes uh wash products for off-road vehicles um mm -hmm. and so anything you're gonna get really dirty or muddy or bloody um mm -hmm. is going to uh we, we have products specifically for cleaning those um bamboo earth bamboo with a u makes really super clean skincare products in terms of ingredients, ingredients clean. And then FC Goods makes wallets out of vintage baseball gloves and other leather accessories. So, um, so really broad range of products. And that has really formed my experience uh, at 4x400. Um, our team's about a dozen people. And uh, as we operate those brands, I mean, the effect of this whole thing on each of the three brands is just totally different. So, um, you know, on the one hand, we've got, you know, uh, wallets made out of vintage baseball gloves is a total non-essential or average order value is like, over $140. It's sort of a luxury good. It's a gift product. It's exactly the kind of thing that if you don't like that right now, you would maybe hesitate to buy for yourself sure. because, um, it, you know, it's, it's far from essential. Uh, people are still, I think, riding off-road vehicles. So there's that business has kind of been a little bit more in the middle in terms of how the effect has gone for how consumers are spending on that product for slick. Um, but that has been really affected by supply chain issues. So we've had to sort that side out. Um, and then that's really the only one of our brands so far where the supply chain is, is breaking. Um, we, we think we have that fixed. We'll see in a few, few weeks here. Um, and then on the other hand, there's, a, you know, company selling skincare products, which I, I don't know if you'd call it an essential or not, but, um, but you know, for a lot of people, it really matters, uh, sure. as, as a health and taking care of your skin. It's not just about how you look. It's about, um, sort of, yeah, self-care and, and take care of things. So we've seen actually some, positives in the business related to all this. I'm so hesitant to even put it in those terms. But the point is just that like across those three brands in very different spaces, um, uh, it's just so, so completely different what we're seeing for each one. So 
so yeah, man, it's been just crazy as we try to sort of navigate all of that and pull all the right levers to figure out how to handle it. Um, you know, no matter from the top level perspective or getting into the details of each one, um, you, you can really see kind of uh, what these effects have been. And I'll just say I'm pretty, pretty much by nature an optimist. So, you know, you should probably take this with a little grain of salt, but, but I, yeah, yeah, I really do believe though, that there's like a, there's like great opportunity in this for brands to be really smart and serve their customers really uniquely and really well. So, um, so even where we've seen big hits, I I think this, this is, uh, there's, there's plenty of reason to also feel like it's, you know, aside from everything else that's happening in the world, there's, there's plenty of reasons to be, um, to feel like we can kind of get through this. So you're actually in a very interesting position because I suppose you could say that you've, you've, you've really got your risks sort of really diversified here because you've got three very different types of businesses and they're all, like you said, falling into like different segments of how it's been affected by this coronavirus thing. But at the same time, you're also dealing with completely different issues as well. So how are you even prioritizing what you need to focus on? You're completely right. So um, this is one thing that I have that's really different than what a lot of operators are dealing with right now is that like, because we have three brands, we can really approach each brand. We can approach the total portfolio really differently um, where we can look and say like, where do we want to put like resources? Yes. And even just the way we're structured, each brand has a brand manager who's like sort of uniquely responsible. As it turns out, as the CEO, I'm also sort of the interim brand manager for the for FC Goods, the wallets and right. the, 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 the goods company. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I don't have as much personal incentive tied to that brand, which makes it a little bit easier for me to kind of help sort of sort out where we should be putting our resources because what we're basically doing is saying like, if that one is the one where the effects of this are most direct on how people are shopping, um, why don't we just divert shared resources away from that business and towards our other ones? And while I think that is unique for my for my situation where I have these three brands to work with, mm-hmm. um, what I what I think is not unique is that that same effect will happen at the product level for a lot of different people. As long as I mean, I think it's gonna be a little harder for somebody like you, Shram, where it's like a tech company and there's like a, uh, if I understand correctly, um, and if there's uh, yeah. and um, there's an element where there's kind of, um, you know, one maybe a little more focused on a single product. Um, but maybe there's actually a different set of customers you could move towards or something in a, exactly. in a way that are, exactly. are affected really differently, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, you have the same calculation for everybody, which is sort of like, okay, where is this thing affecting my business particularly negatively? And are there any places where maybe actually there's unique upside in this moment uh, for our businesses? I think that's it's a lot less true for people who are operating storefronts and that sort of thing, where it's just really, really challenging right now. But for people whose businesses, you know, pretty much completely exist online, um, yeah, there there are ways to kind of think about this. I think that are a little different and and potentially create um, some opportunity. So that's what we're doing. We're just kind of looking, and I'll just tell you, like we're just, we're just diverting as much resources as possible to um, to Bamboo Earth right now while we try to fix the supply chain for Slick and for right. FC Goods. We're playing around in the background to see what we can come up with, but we're we're less optimistic about it and more hopeful about that as a longer term play. Right. I mean, I, I, I guess it comes down to that. I, I mean, you always have this tension between, you know, when you're running a business to think short term versus long term. I mean, you got to pay your bills, but at the same time, you want to make sure you're setting yourself up for growth. Right. And I think like with this pandemic, it's kind of really throwing that off because we were just talking about it now. Like, I don't think anybody has a very clear idea how long this situation is going to last and what it's going to look like at the end. So 
you know, like, you know, how are you approaching it in that point of view? Like, are you just thinking, okay, like forget long-term, let's just try to figure things out for like right now and try to be nimble. Or are you still thinking like, okay, like in terms of long-term, I'm going to try to make some predictions and I'm going to go with that. Like, you know, what, how are you approaching this? Yeah. So my baseline approach to this is to start from the premise that nobody knows the future. Um, and I don't mean that to throw my hands up in the air at your question. What I mean is like, if that's the thing that's true, if nobody can predict the future, um, then I have to start thinking about what's the range of potential outcomes and then prepare myself accordingly and try to project what those possibilities are as probabilistically as possible. Um, now I'm not, I'm not doing any intense modeling for that or anything like that. Although we're starting to consider actually really starting to play that out with some, with some modeling. Um, but, um, but I'm just, I'm not deep enough as a stat, like, analytics statistics guy to, to be able to do a great job with that um so so instead i'm just kind of starting from that you can position do like a back of the napkin kind of uh, modeling right that i think that's correct that should and, be pretty good yeah yeah and that's yeah and i'm not really trying to get that detailed anyway so um so what i think is like if i can start with that premise that i don't know what's going to happen um except there's one thing i'm pretty confident in which is that um the global base of consumers in the next bunch of years is going to do what it did in the last bunch of years, which is grow um, as the world continues to develop in all kinds of places as, um, you know, uh, Mm. hundreds of millions of people um, experience um, a global consumer society, essentially, um, and they are raised out of uh, abject poverty and into um, the rest of the global, uh, uh, like, uh, economy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you can look back in the last bunch of years. If you, if you want to go look at that sometime, go read Hans Rosling's book, Factfulness. Um, and I, I love go kind of watch so. that. What's that? I love his dead dogs. Like brilliant. Uh, he is, he is, he's, he is so good. Um, some of that thinking I think is helpful because basically what it puts baseline is that the most likely thing in the very long run is that the world, um, economic system will continue to grow. Um, and if something cataclysmic happens, um, in the, uh, that's going to stop that from happening. Like, uh, my business is going to die anyway, and there's nothing I can do about it. So it's not even worth being afraid of. <laughs> like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, what can I right. do about that? So, right, right. um, so, so for me, it is about like how essentially what all of that does and creates for me very practically is it, it says to me, what do I have to do to keep my team on the field and in the game to, to just stay in it for longer? Because I really mm-hmm. believe that we are set up with our, products and processes and all those kinds of things to win in the long run. Um, I just need to stay, I just need to stay in the game. And I look, I, I just told you where our revenue is at. Like we, we're trying to grow fast. We're spending a lot of money on ads. We raised a little bit of money early on, but not a ton. We, we are not sitting on some big treasure chest of, of cash. Like, so we have to be pretty careful guarding our cash as a business. Um, really think about capitalization and liquidity in order to get to where we need to go. Uh, but that's yeah. what we're thinking about. So how do I respond to what's happening today? Absolutely. I'm like trying to make the most of the moment. There's some metrics I'm looking at really specifically. Um, and at the same time, like from my perspective, it's about staying in the game because I, I really liked our projections before all this for the year. You know, I, I, think, we're <laughs> I, place, I think a so. lot of people listening. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, I I think that makes sense. I I, I think it's very pragmatic because I think, uh, you know, you mentioned at the start, um, you know, when we started talking that trying to predict stuff is like a fool's errand. Um, It it, it makes me think of um, like one of the books I quite like is this one by Stephen Covey, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effectual People, I think, or something like that. Uh Um, And he has this theory, which I really like. And you know, I try to apply it in my own life too. He talks about like these circles of influence. So he says like, 
you know, you've got this one circle, which, which are things you can directly act on. And then you draw another circle just outside it, which are things you can influence. And then you've got this last circle, which are basically things you can neither um, change or influence, uh, like you have no control over. And he says that like people who tend to panic and overreact or worry too much spend like 80% of the time on the last circle and don't think about everything else. And the ones who actually manage to stay calm do what, you know, kind of what you just said. Like um, if I can't control it or influence it, well, forget it. If I'm going to go out of business, well, that's not really up to me. But hey, here are the things that I can control and here are the things I'm going to actually do right now. Yeah, I think that's... That's basically right. Like, uh, yeah, that's a really helpful kind of framework for thinking about it. It's a little bit like that. I think it's like a, a little bit like what you hear in recovery with the serenity prayers and like, like uh, Grammy, the serenity, except the things I can't change to uh, change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference, you know, like there's, yeah. there's a real, there's some real wisdom there around just the idea of like, um, around the idea of like, I can spend all my time worrying. And like, I also don't want to downplay people's emotions. Like people are, are going to worry and have anxiety. Like yes. <laughs> I, yes. I told my wife yesterday, Hey, can you watch our son for a little bit while I just go for a drive? And I just drove around for an hour just to like kind of clear my head and it really helped, you know? Um, so, so yeah, so there's like plenty of that kind of stuff. And I don't want to like take away people's permission to have negative emotions about this, but it's just a real thing that like, once I get back in the saddle and to my day to day, there's just a question of like, what can I affect and where, how can I do good analysis on my business to see where the levers are? Um, and the inflection points are that I can do the best that I can. And if something happens outside of my control that makes it so that no matter what levers I pull, um, it doesn't work. Sure. You know, I mean, then that yeah. happens if that's out of my control. You could probably extend that analogy to what you just did as well, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's perfectly reasonable to be worried. And then you sort of took a very proactive action there where you said, you know what, I kind of need a timeout and I'm going to go drive. I mean, I'd say that that's a very proactive way of dealing with it. So hopefully someone listening in, I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to be sort of debilitated by the worry. Like if you need a timeout, go take it. Thank you before we start talking here that uh, happens to be a good time for that sort of thing in LA where I am. The, the sky is particularly clear because nobody's on the road polluting it. So <laughs> nobody's going to work. So it's like one of the only times ever you could go drive around LA and have it be like relaxing. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah, not it, just a source of more anxiety. So it, it is just absolutely crazy. It's like you're kind of in this dystopian uh, movie. I mean, I was on the train the other day and it was just like, you know, a train which has so many people on it. Usually on a Monday afternoon, there's just no one. It, it felt like, yeah, it, it, it was really eerie. It was weird. Bizarre right now. No question. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, I, I think that's a very good framework to, um, you know, try to sort of think about how to react. But I, I think, you know, just, just coming back to that original question, uh, people listening in are going to fall into one of these three buckets, right? So you're going to have some people who've got maybe say that luxury kind of um, stuff like FC goods, where maybe you're not going to see uh, a lot of demand right now. Maybe no one's going to buy anything. Um, or then you might have sort of the essentials uh, and then you might have people somewhere in between like the skincare that you talked about. So maybe let's like dive into each of these separately. Um, I mean, I guess it's kind of hard for you to uh, really get into because, you know, you obviously have a more portfolio approach, but let's say like we take the hardest one, right? So you, you're doing sort of the luxury goods and maybe you were projecting really good revenue in the last week. It's just gone to zero. 
um, you know, what, what would you sort of say to somebody in that situation? Like, what would you, like, how would you, you know, if you were in their shoes, like, how would you try to approach that? Yeah, so, well, so it hasn't got a zero, which is good. Um, but um, good. I'll, I'll tell you the exact effect. And this is like the first thing for me is like analysis first. Um, this is another thing that Hans Rosling is really great on actually is just like before you act, like really try to understand the problem. And it's like, a, this is a big thing for me in uh, business and particularly in e-commerce. Like um, there's only three factors in your revenue. That's it. There's only three. One of them is how many people get to your website. The second one is how many of them convert. And the third one is how much they spend when they do. Visitors, conversion rate, average order value. That's it. That's the whole ballgame. So uh, if you can start by isolating the problem, you can go a long way. Um, and for, um, for, for FC Goods, the problem is conversion rate. People are, are not buying. Like The other little metric that is great for this is um, before all of this, about 30% of the people who made it to my checkout um, purchased. That number is actually really low relative to industry standard, but it's because of the way we get them there. We kind of rush people to check out. So, um, right. so I, I expect that and I'm fine with that. Um, it sort of nets out in the end. Um, so 30% of people get to my checkout purchase. Well, um, uh, well, like since all of this, that number is now down like to 10% or less, right? So what that clearly says to me with no changes in the process of getting them there, what that clearly tells me is like people are just gripping their cash tighter. But mm. that also means I can isolate exactly where the problem is, uh, which is that people are buying less. Now, the other effect of that is that this is happening for lots and lots of businesses right now, which means on the large ad networks like Google and Facebook, um, that means that there is less competition for traffic. And the chain of effects here is really simple, right? Um, sure. Less conversion, less conversion rate means that traffic is less valuable to advertisers, which means advertisers are going to, are going to spend less to acquire that traffic, which means that the, the costs for advertising for everybody goes down because these systems are giant auctions. And if less people show up and they all have less money to spend, the price of all the items at the auction goes down. So, um, so if, if that makes sense. So what that means is we are seeing traffic costs go way down, like to the tune of 30 some odd percent overnight. It's 30% cheaper to pay for traffic than it was a couple weeks ago. So if your business is not affected by like at, at the conversion rate level by coronavirus, like you are just raking in cash right now because all of a sudden it is so much cheaper to acquire traffic than it was before. Um, but so for me, so for, for FC goods, what I'm looking at is, is that moment of conversion and saying like, okay, what can I do to affect that and make this really worth somebody's time right now? That's the problem to solve. The problem to solve is not revenue in broad terms. The problem to solve is not a million other things. And like you know, liquidity might be the problem to solve, right? You, you might need to like go out of your way and go solve a cash problem for your business. But, um, but for me, it's really specific. It's how do I take that traffic that is still getting to checkout? In fact, I'm paying much less to get them to checkout than usual. Um, how do I take the, that traffic and what do I put in front of them to make it really worth their time to convert right now? Not to convert, but to convert right now in this moment where it's tricky. And there's a lot of stuff you could do, right? So if, um, I'm, I'm really uh, sort of allergic to uh, reactionary discount strategies as a general rule. I think it tends to be pretty lazy marketing sure. um, and you end up getting a worse customer in the long term. But in this moment, I think all those rules are out the window. I think like if you're not a brand that discounts, you could still get away with a discount right now and maintain your premiumness because the world is really different than it was two weeks ago. And I think when this ends, you could come back to being full price all the time and not really have any brand equity hit. That's, that's my theory. It's hard to bear that out. So that's one thing you could do. You could discount. You could change the product offer. You could think about um, spreading out payments with, um, with all kinds of different you know, software, like Afterpay and Affirm. 
people might be familiar with that can maybe help people spread their payments out. Um, and we're exploring all of those different options and, and maybe even, you know, um, give backs or something that's just going to make people feel better about spending their money on and do a little bit of good along the way, you know? So, so there's a million things, but that's, that's the problem. The problem is conversion rate. And so I'm starting there isolating that. That's what I'd say to somebody is like, your business is different than mine. Maybe mm. there's less people showing up now than there were before for all kinds of reasons, right? Because then just focus on I don't that, know. right? Right. But that's the problem. So that's the problem you have to solve. How do I get in front of more people? So, um, so yeah, focus on that one thing, isolate the problem, go from there. Boom. And I think we just got another nice framework out of this conversation. So first <laughs> identify the problem that you have to solve. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think that's, that's just, um, I think, I think it's just worth reminding because it again goes back to that philosophy of like, when you're in a panic, you just want to act when you, what you really should be doing, like you said, is take a deep breath and just think like, okay, hang on, where really is the problem? Um, right doctor saw a sick person and was like well the problem is they're sick like, well yeah but that doesn't actually help anything right like yeah. that's not what you try and do the whole point is like you isolate where the problem is and then you go try and attack that specific issue with as few negative effects on the rest of the thing as possible like that's you know what i mean that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you minimize side effects right like and i think that's exactly the same situation that business owners are dealing with right now so so yeah i'm not going to sit here and say here's what you should do because your business is different than mine but um and I suspect even yours, Shram, you know, as a, in a software company, like it's different than mine, but, um, but you should be able to still isolate it because in your business, you have the same three things. How many people am I getting in front of? How many of them are buying? Um, and how much are they spending when they do? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, you, uh, just the way we're looking, really looking to approach it right now is just to focus on like which e-commerce companies are actually going to do okay and keep, still keep growing. Cause then they're not too worried about the cash sort of the financial position, uh, whereas the ones which are really hurting, it would be just incredibly insensitive to even reach out. That's just, uh, you know, so I, I, I think, yeah, like try to look at your own situation and then try to figure out like where exactly that, like which, which lever that you should really be focusing on. And I think that's where you can get even more, I'd, I'd say creative. Like when you were talking about the conversion uh, rate issue, I was even thinking that maybe another idea could be that if you identify that the case is that people are trying to be a little bit more careful with their purchases, you could probably take an AOV hit too, right? So maybe it's not just discounts, but maybe you also just prioritize products that aren't like that are a little bit cheaper than you would in a in a in a normal time frame because then you you're sort of encouraging people to think like, okay, I can afford that. That's exactly the right kind of thinking. And, and actually, if we had cheaper products, we would do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. This is another sad thing. We were actually just in development for like an intro level $25 product that was just like a little fun. It's, <laughs> that's exactly right though. Like to just say like, here's a little taste of this. And even right now, well, you know, baseball is stopped in America. And if you're a baseball fan, like that stinks. Maybe it's a little way to just tell somebody you're thinking about them while you wait for, for baseball to come back. And, and for, I'm a huge baseball fan. For me, like it sucks to go through large things without the sort of distraction and joy of something so fun to me as a sport I love, you know? So, yeah. um, so like there's maybe some messaging around that. Um, so 4400 is really connected to uh, Common Thread Collective. Common Thread Collective is the majority owner and Common Thread Collective is a digital marketing agency that works with e-commerce companies from zero to $20 million. Um, so we see lots of ad accounts all the time and I have the advantage of kind of getting to go back and forth and talk with what they're seeing over there. Mm -hmm. um, we're in the same building and not right now, nobody's in the building right now, but uh, normally we're in the same building. Hopefully not. So the CEO of that company and I are talking all the time, like what are your clients seeing and what are ours? And, and 
that kind of idea of like message the moment and like think about your product mix is part of the thing that's winning for people right now. If you can like mm. actually sort of um, help people to really uh, see that and to, and to, to, to change how you're messaging people that makes sense in this moment that can, it can make a huge, huge difference even without changing the product. So there's just like all kinds of little things like that to, to keep playing with constantly. Yeah. I mean, in the end, it comes down to how empathetic you are, right? Like if you can actually put your shoe, put yourself in the shoes of the, of the customer and how they might be feeling and then try to, I mean, I guess it's not just pure empathy. You probably just need some data as well to try to understand exactly why they're not converting and things like that that gives you a much better chance at actually speaking to their fears. Like I've seen a lot of e-commerce stores put up this little, you know, red banner, which says something like, Hey, how does COVID affect your orders? And I think that's great. Like it doesn't take too much work to do that. And it's probably the number one thing someone's thinking when they come on the site, like, okay, if I spend money with you guys, are you going to get the delivery through? Or am I going to have problems? Just answer the question right up front. And then you're probably going to have a much better time with your conversions about that too is it's, it's not even an offer or anything it's just clarity of information and making exactly. the process of purchase a little a little like more frictionless um and it, yeah same thing like i thought about that with my checkout flow just like the, the same thing just are making it clearer that right now we are still shipping at normal rates essentially which is true for 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 fc goods like maybe that's all people need is just to know they're going to get it in time yeah um yeah. And, and and that would actually be the issue like yeah so to me, there's, there's just like so many little things like that to be thinking about addressing where the, the person is at. And then it's really different. I mean, we have a, we have a Facebook ads training product um, mm -hmm. on, the, on the Common Thread Collective side um, where right now we're taking a totally different approach there, which is like, let's grow this community. Let's offer lots of free advice to people who are struggling right now. And maybe right. in the long run, some of those people will stick around as they realize, hey, we can actually be helpful to you. Um, when they all feel like they have more cash in their hands. So we're just have offered entrance into our normally what's a paid community. We've just offered entrance into it for free, grown a ton. Uh, oh. Like, you know. Like, well, what kind of questions know, are you getting over there? Amounts. I'm curious. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, like, it's all, you know, any themes. Yeah, it's, all, it, it's, all, it's a mix. I and mean, it's all the usual stuff. Like how do I set up an ad account and what's the right way to, you know, right. okay. segment targeting and stuff like that. It, all the way through like what are you thinking creatively right now to how do you hunt down a problem to um yeah there yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a whole range of stuff that's sort of more evergreen and in this moment um uh and and we're just kind of seeing everybody do that but but people are clearly trying to take the moment and say like i need to be the best that i possibly can be right now so yeah. our response to that is to is to approach that kind of educational platform really differently than we were a couple weeks ago because the moment has changed so much. Uh, nobody's mm. going to spend $500 a month on training products right now. Nobody has the money. Yeah. So we're, we look at that and go like, eh, can we kind of come around and, and make it an and investment, make something right? That, right. And just let people realize, Hey, we're sincerely here to be helpful and to serve you in this time. Um, once, yeah, once things change, let's come back around exploding in terms of mindshare right now right if you think about it like let, let's just say we we go with that hypothesis that we don't know what's going to happen in the future one thing we do know is that people still need things to survive like essentials or whatever and then if you are going to be in quarantine the only thing that you can probably do is go online and, and make your purchases so i think even people who've never sold anything online before are probably already thinking about already have or are already actively looking at upskilling to start a store there's probably people who are going to be new people in this if you follow um do you know webb smith on if you follow him at all no, no. 
Yeah. Sounds yeah, like Tim Webb and 2PM, his, his community, he's great. Yeah. Uh, at web on Twitter, pretty, pretty good handle. Um, he, um, yeah, he's been theorizing a lot about this. This is like in the, in the, even in the short run and, and especially in the long run, you know, e-commerce still represents only like 14% of commerce in the U S like it's still a relatively low percentage of the total buying and selling of consumer goods. It's happening. Yeah. And that basically this will just be a huge boom to that, which make just, just make the pool bigger for everybody to swim in. So, um, I, you know, again, it's not, it's not hard for me to imagine that happening. As I said earlier, I'm not banking on anything like that, <laughs> um, but uh, one way or the other. But um, but yeah, I definitely think that's a possible outcome here and that continuing to be on the forefront of helping people as they set those businesses up on the software side of things and then on the actual uh, brand side of things, really making sure that we're building for the long term with stuff that, that really works great. But yeah, I think it could all really matter. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what would you say to somebody who's in those shoes and sort of thinking about it? Because I know you work with like pretty successful brands now, but you, you've, you've kind of got an arm where um, you, you kind of build them up, right? So let's say you've got like a brick and mortar store who their sales are probably tanking. Hopefully not, but I think there's quite a few that are worried. Um, and thinking of just getting online quickly would you would you say well hang on it's very different don't think about it right now or would you say yes absolutely just go for it oh man that is so hard um i mean the barrier to entry has never been lower right like you set up a shopify yes. store so shopify easy like 90 day trial right now oh, man and it's just so shopify is so it's just an incredible piece of technology i think it's the best piece of software i use like it's it's easy to overlook it as that because it's so gigantic that it feels like it doesn't even feel like software anymore. It just feels like a foundation that you build other <laughs> software on top of, you know, yeah, yeah. but it's like, it's just mind blowing how great it is. Um, so yeah. So Shopify is incredible and definitely has lowered the barrier to entry. I, I think, I think for anybody, I would, I would, I would just, I think what I would come back to is start with analysis before you go and try and do a big new thing really know what problem you're trying to solve and how you're going to solve it. This is the, this is the, like a lot of people like love it of setting up an online store, but have never once thought about how to actually get traffic to that store. And if you don't know how to get traffic there, if you don't have any plan for that, then don't even bother because yes, that's like, that's like setting up your retail store in the middle of the desert somewhere. Like it's just, <laughs> the, yeah, the world is really big. There's a lot of places where a storefront would, would get a lot of people in front of it and a lot of places where it wouldn't, you know, and that's the same thing on the internet. Like, yeah. So I think that's what I would say is like, really know the problem you're trying to solve. If you think you can solve that problem, like shop, like e-commerce is not rocket science. And I mean that like, not as a shot, it's hard, like everything is, but, um, but it doesn't require deep technical expertise no, to get involved. True. So, so yeah. So I would say like, yeah, if you think I can solve a real problem for you, go for it. But I, I think you really hit on a good uh, point there because I think, you know, with, with platforms like Shopify, I agree, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's really democratized access to online selling. The, the technical hurdle is no longer there. You can just go right now, sign up, get a decent theme there and get your products upload, uploaded and, and boom, you're selling. But I, I'd say the challenges, like you mentioned, are really like getting that traffic and making sure they convert, right? So um, if I, I guess if, you know, someone's listening, um, just like what Andrew was saying, if you don't have this plan, maybe a next best thing would be to reach out to somebody in your network who you trust, who can actually advise you on what you could do 
instead of just going on it on your own, right? Where you don't have the skills and like you're probably going to waste even more money when you're in a time when you really don't want to be doing that. You think for like an entrepreneurial type versus otherwise, but I mean, I think one of the most helpful things that happened for me is I started on the brand side at a brand called Kalo. Um, it's a Silicon Wedding Ring. It's kind of the first big company that was doing that, if you've seen those. And so I was a media buyer there. I got trained in the ground up. The company was not funded. So it was just sort of like, okay, everybody learn what to do. Um, <laughs> okay. And it was it's like a classic story like that as it was growing quickly. Um, and I thought I knew so much from that experience. But what really actually taught me a ton was getting to work in an agency. And mm. this is not an obvious option for a lot of people. But if you've got an opportunity to work on somebody else's business in a way that you think you can provide some expertise to, any situation in which you can do that, I think, especially if you're moving from storefront to online, um, I, those are the things that are really worth your time, I think, because what you can end up doing then is, is sort of honing your skills and get more reps by seeing a lot of stuff that's not just your little world. Um, so just getting outside of your own little circle is really helpful in a lot of different ways, I think. Yeah, and, and maybe this is like an opportunity because the kind of work which you do for agencies are totally doable at home. And now that everybody's remote anyway, you probably have an even better, you know, it doesn't really matter if the agency is in San Francisco and you're sitting in some, you know, remote place. You could, as long as you've got a decent internet connection, you could probably contribute. Especially now, now as much as ever, I don't, don't know that anybody's really hiring right now, but in a few <laughs> weeks, hopefully, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, like, even if you don't have, I mean, I don't know if you if you can afford to and like offer your services for free just to learn that that could be something too, so that you can apply it on your own business. But I, I think I, just I was that, just advising a friend that the other day. Just he was trying to go like, should I keep doing this or should I go over here? And I said, dude, go consult for people, charge as little as possible, learn as much as possible, get some big clients charge more when there's more money to be made. And, and you, he's a smart guy. He'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if, if, if you apply the framework you mentioned with e-commerce to just a general market right now, whenever you have this kind of crisis, it just means that it's created a whole new set of problems. So I'd say the people who are going to be the most successful are the ones who are able to identify those problems faster and come up with something to do about it. And what better way to identify the problems than talking to people as much as you can, right? True, man. Like, and this is where, like I said, I'm saying it's not technical expertise. The skill is problem solving. Like, uh, if you're a great problem solver and you want to work on e-commerce companies, like, I do not need you to have deep background in this area. I, I, I came from a completely different universe than any of this stuff. Um, and was able to solve some problems and, and that was how I was able to like make a career out of it, you know? So yeah, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, that's really the job number one. And that's why I'm so hot on this idea of like, the issue is really analysis and isolating the problem and being able to solve that more than it is anything else. Cause if you can do that over and over again, just keep so finding the right next problem to solve and solving it, you can go really far. I, I, I think Hans Rosling is going to be very proud of you. <laughs> well he's dead so i'll have to talk to him about it later but yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that would that would have been yeah. um that, that, that was a shame it's a really good way to be be thinking about it like try to be as analytical as much as possible because like you know the data doesn't lie right it, it can right. lie but if you if you can train yourself to look at it in the right way then i, I think there's a lot of uh wisdom you can get out of it absolutely so, hey, it's been a really, really good uh, conversation, Andrew. I, I, I think you've um, 
spit out a lot of very very good uh, good advice I, i i'm pretty sure people are really going to want to know how they can get in touch with you maybe even join that group that you mentioned so um, yeah. do you want to tell the listeners how they can get in touch yeah i think the the easiest place is probably on twitter there's a if you don't if you're not dialed in especially if you're an e-commerce person if you're not dialed into e-commerce twitter you got to get there it's great it's like a really cool community of people who are really trying to help each other out i i just put a, a new shopify app on one of my sites like two days ago that was just a twitter recommendation because uh, it's just really good so i'm at andrew j ferris f-a-r-i-s um on twitter um i think like if you sort of just follow me and reach out um I, I can uh, connect you to the <laughs> show you you'll see pretty quickly like who all is active there there's like brand owners and and vendors and software people and everybody else it's, it's a really great um setup even if you're not a twitter person usually like that's that's most of what i use twitter for and, and it's been cool um i host a podcast called the e-commerce playbook just google it um where we just do about 10 to 10 to 15 minutes max a week um and we talk and in sometimes gruesome terms about uh about um what the um what is going wrong in our business <laughs> and just sort of put it out there sure in fact, that lot. happened because yeah a friend of mine said said hey like i want you to bleed on camera that's the goal of this and i was like what? oh thanks thanks for <laughs> thanks for volunteering me for that so um so we're talking mean, this is my last one we did i think it'll come out soon i don't know when this will be published but yeah anyway it should be out by now whenever this gets published uh it's just about how the struggle is real for coronavirus for us and we're getting crushed in some ways. And so that's that. Um, so that's e-commerce playbook. And then, um, yeah, actually if you're, if you're interested in, um, that, um, Facebook ads, um, educational product, I, I really recommend it. It's actually not just a product, it's a community. Like, so it's community based. There's webinars constantly and some of that stuff with like the experts over at common thread collective who have, I mean, just spent millions of dollars of other people's money on Facebook ads. And mm-hmm. I just highly recommend expertise i can tell you just from knowing them well they're like high quality humans who are not guru-y trying to like they're just great so um go check that out it's the best facebook training product i know of that's youradmission.co youradmission.co or, or hit me up on twitter and I'll, i'll point you to the the relevant folks there and, and is admission spelled with there. a capital a and d uh yeah 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 it's capital a lowercase <laughs> d capital m yeah 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 you, you got the marketer speak dialed in huh so yeah i mean i think the other thing is if you um if you have a small e-commerce business you know less than a million dollars in revenue you feel like you're struggling you don't know what to do like four by four hundred might be a good resource for you to um talk about that that's where we start with all of our brands is less less than a million dollars um sometimes even pre-revenue if it's the right fit and we'll bring you in to partner with you and try to help you grow that thing uh with a really hands-on approach so you can um i think just find me on twitter at andrew j ferris if you if you want to uh, talk about that i'm i'm game awesome andrew yeah, it was really really great talking to you <laughs> no no i I, i think that was uh uh i mean people need to get in touch so all right so good man yeah thank you so much for having me i really really appreciate it no it was a great conversation i loved it You're still here, which means you definitely enjoyed that conversation. This is a special COVID-19 e-commerce miniseries to help small business merchants out there get prepared. We're doing a lot more of these, so be the first to know whenever there's a new episode. Just follow DataQ, that's D-A-T-A-C-U-E on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Stay safe out there, everybody. Till next time, this is Sharam. Oh, 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 oh,